Welcome to our Ramadan series of player legends that we're doing as like pre-recorded episodes for Ramadan because obviously we were not, we're not going to be doing anything. We're just going to be fasting and we're not going to be doing anything. So I thought I'd just have a couple friends and family members on for, for just chats about football, really. So I thought I'd invite my cousin Adil on for a podcast. Adil, how are we doing? You okay? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Feeling tired. Doing so much in lockdown. You just want to just try different things that are not walking or cooking or basic things really so yeah I, I even added a background of Osaka to um my zoom look how fascinating this is I've never done this before <laughs> you can see my background I have the San Siro ah man that that was a good episode we did on the San Siro and yeah it, this is my cousin who I went to the San Siro with to watch Inter Milan versus Barcelona it was an amazing time it was one one yeah. game and we ended up just having the time of our lives in Milan. For you spoke days. about it. You, you spoke, spoke about it on an episode. Oh, yeah. What did you talk about? Didn't you listen? Oh, man. I didn't, re- I didn't listen to <laughs> No, I didn't. I'm not going to lie and say I did because I didn't. No, nah, I'm, you, I'm glad you're not lying. Now, basically, there's like three of us who'd all been to Milan and we were just yeah. telling us about our, in, our San Siro experiences because AC Milan were doing well at the time. I think they're still yeah. doing well currently, but... Yeah, it was, it was just, just, I think, the point behind in the league or something like that. Mm. But yeah, I was just saying that how I went to Inter Milan versus Barcelona at the San Siro in the Champions League, and it was one of the most amazing atmospheres at the San Siro, and how the San Siro is going to be knocked down, and there's going to be a new stadium that's going to take their place, and how yeah. it's such an amazing stadium to visit. And I'm glad that we got to go and do that. Mm. It's just everything about that stadium. It just even the walls speak the noise you get in the big games. The aura, basically. It's, yeah. It's very few stadiums have that, and I'm glad that that one was one that we got to visit, yeah. which is brilliant. Now, and then my friend Salim was telling us about how he went to the Milan derby a couple of years ago as well. Oh, wow. And that must have been He was sitting between AC Milan fans and Inter Milan fans, and we were like, no <laughs> no club in England would get away with that. Like Birmingham, yeah. Aston Villa, Man United, Man City, whoever, Liverpool, yeah. Everton. It just wouldn't yeah. happen. It is heated, but you can still kind of get along with the other side. It's almost like a cricket game or a rugby game. They, they, it's yeah. heated there, but you're not going to start fighting with an Aussie at a ground yeah. because they don't care yeah. that much about yeah. fighting. And then with my other friend, Vish, he was like how he went for a little holiday in Milan with his friends and he thought, you know what, let's go for a stadium tour. And he ended up yeah. going on a match day. So he ended up oh, getting wow. tickets on the on the day. So we were just like, you know sure. what, we've had fun experiences in Milan. But yeah, no, this was just an episode. Just again, I wanted to just talk about one of my footballing heroes. And that's something that we'll be doing during Ramadan, having these little episodes of heroes from myself or heroes from my friends and family so this is one that you and I've got in common I don't think yeah. there's many more that we consider at the top of our list but we're gonna if you if you clicked on this episode then you know it's gonna be Wayne Rooney and Wayne Rooney's my personal footballing hero since the day he signed for Man United to the day he retired which is in January and I think the day he started playing football the first goal he scored against Arsenal was like it was just like hearing I think it was Clive Tilsley screamed his name after he scored it just made you sit up and think, wow. And that was when, that was like a three o'clock game as well. So we saw it on like that ITV highlights program, not even on yeah, um, BBC. Yeah. It was like, remember the name Wayne Rooney. Yeah, They're like, exactly. no one forgets that name at all. And then it's like, you saw him play for England and then in the summer he signed for Man United. That's when I really enjoyed him the most, personally. When, before he came to Man United, because that's when he played without fear. That's when he played without... Yeah. But I think... All that tenacity... When he first started for Man United, he'd still play. Like, he won't care what anyone else thinks. It's before the injuries, basically. That's what yeah. that's what really annoys me the most about Wayne Rooney. Like, we'll start from was, the get. We'll start with how he became an England player. And yeah. he was just coming into that team with, like, Beckham and Gerard Lampard, Skulls, Owen. And he became the best player over two, three games that he played for them. And he went straight into yeah. the first team. As soon as he started, it was like, he was something, someone that brought something completely different to what the other players had. He was the X factor in our team, and for that Euro exactly. 2004 tournament, when we yeah. played with a bunch of players that, again, in a 4-4-2 formation, Rooney was the one that wanted to try and captivate the nation with his with his play, doing little tricks against Zidane and Henri, and at, mm-hmm. in the opening game of that Euro 2004 tournament, which we're just like every, everyone was comparing him to Gaza. I remember at the time and. They yeah. do the same with loads of other players like that. Like Grealish are getting compared to Gaza at the moment, which is odd. And 
Yeah, you have that with loads of, you know, they did that with Dele Alli, but it's mm. like there's no one that really lives up to the hype. But I think Rooney did. For a long, long time, Rooney did. Rooney was someone that a lot of people could relate to. That's the best thing about him for me personally. So even before we get to him as a Man United player, when you see him in an Everton shot or in an English shot, he was just playing like, he was playing with his mates, like we would at goals or we would on a five-a-side. And you're just there like, you're just there like, he's playing for fun against some of the best defenders in the Premier League. And there was that game against Man United at Old Trafford. I think it was the season after he made his debut, but he was like paired up against like Giggs and Ronaldo on the wing. So he's always tracking back against them. And I remember Ryan Giggs saying something on the lines of, yeah, we just didn't know where he was because just like Ronaldo did the season before, it was a player that they thought they should have signed because he was a Man United player in a different shirt. And, I'm so glad that we signed him. He's one of the. He's probably for me the best signing. Him and Nemanja Vidić. Him, Nemanja Vidić, and Van der Sar are one of the best free signings I've I've seen in a long, long time at Man United. Ronaldo obviously goes into that category, but yeah, Ronaldo, Vidić, Evra, Rooney, Van der Sar. I'd say amazing signing. I think for a number of years it was Rooney that mm. made the biggest impact, even before I think because Rooney was there. When did Rooney join? 2004. So he came, was it just before Ronaldo came? He came the year after Ronaldo came. So Ronaldo Rooney came in 2003 and then Rooney yeah. came in 2004. He came after it's the like, Euros, basically. The, the impact that day. Rooney had, the impact Rooney had, it was straight away. It's like, you wouldn't see, I don't know, it, wouldn't t- it didn't take him a year to bed in or two years to bed in like Ronaldo. You know, he had, as soon as he came, he had that impact and you could tell in every game that he used to play. Somebody would wind him up, he'd go and take it out on them or the board, he'd just take it out on everyone. That first first season that you had, there's two major memories, three for me, I would say, but two major memories for everyone. It was that debut against Fenerbahce when he yeah. scored that hat trick, he scored a free kick, he scored that left foot finish. And he just yeah. blew everyone by surprise. Again, that was a game on ITV that we were watching and we're just there like, wow, this is incredible. Yeah. Look at what we've signed. And he's only 18, 19 years old at the time. There's so much you yeah. could watch from him and learn from him such a, at such a young age. You want to just replicate that in the playground at school or in the park later that mm. weekend or something. And mm. that was incredible because I remember going to school the next day and every single person, girls and boys, talking about Wayne Rooney, if they're into football yeah. or not, because it was, it was that exciting to watch. It was that captivating to watch. Yeah. And probably the second memory, the second famous memory from that season was that volley against Newcastle. Just like you said before, if he was angry, yeah. take it out on the ball or on someone. Yeah. He's arguing with the referee and we've seen that before. Exactly. He was telling, taking it out on the ref and then the ball came to him and he just hit it because he was that angry. And he flew into the back of the net. And he even celebrated. He just said, like, smash it back in the net again, past Shea. And it's like, yeah, have yeah, some exactly. of that. He was, he was still grumbling after he scored. <laughs> like, he'd scored probably the goal of the season, but he was still grumbling at whoever it was. He was still just there and it's like, you know what? We got the win now, so it's fine. I think we won that game 2-1 anyway, so it was easy enough. But for me, a personal memory from that season was when we beat Arsenal at Old Trafford and we ended there on beta run. So Van Nistelrooy scored that penalty and then Rooney scored the second goal. So Rooney apparently dived. I still don't see it as a dive. I'm being being biased there, but I don't see it as a dive against Sol Campbell. Any Arsenal fan would tell you it was a dive, but anyone else would say it wasn't. Yeah, in these days, it would be a normal tackle and it would be a penalty. Which is what it was. But yeah, Van Nistelrooy scored that penalty where Rooney, again, he was coming to blows with like Henri, Pires, Jumberg, Lauren, I think, the right back in that game as well. So he was really giving it to them. And that's something that Man United fans were kind of expecting from more Roy Keane but, and Gary Neville. But Rooney was another one who just joined in straight away and he could keep up with the antics of an Arsenal Man United game. someone that would, he wouldn't take nonsense from anyone. You know, if you'd square up to him, he'd square up to you. Mm. If you square up to one of his teammates, he'd defend them and square up to you again. He has that scout yeah. swagger. I, yeah. I don't, I, I've never understood typical. it really until you watch a football player from Liverpool. Like Gerard has it, Carragher's got it. Behavior, yeah. mm, it's definitely. Just typical scout's behaviour. Connor Cody's got it as well. And it's just there, like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to back down to no one. And he didn't. He didn't care who yeah. Henri was. He didn't care who Perez was, Sol Campbell yeah. was. He just got on with it. and took them on and scored past against Lehman in that 90th minute to secure a 2-0 win. And that was amazing for us to, to watch as well. Somewhat, the team that beat Arsenal and beat and run was Man United. 
Then again, we could we could have beaten them the season before the penalty, but we won't mention that. We'll leave it. Yeah. But yeah, that was again. It was just bedding him in with Sir Alex Ferguson, and Sir Alex Ferguson bed him in, and he knew what he was building with Ronaldo and Rooney at the main two plays because the season afterwards we won the League Cup, and that was yeah. Rooney's first trophy at Man United, and that was that was when he formed that partnership with Louis Saha because the season before was more Van Nistelrooy Rooney yeah, or Rooney and Alan Smith, but Saha came in when Van Nistelrooy was kind of out of favour with. Sir Alex Ferguson, so yeah. he played in the semi-final. He's played in the final against Wigan as well, and he yeah. scored in that final as well. I think four 0 or four one we won against Wigan in the League Cup final that year. Yeah, it was something like that. And that's when you could kind of see when the players were kind of merging together. They were playing a faster type of football than we're used to. Ronaldo on the wings, Giggs, Rooney behind Sahar, and they played a different kind of fluid football. Our midfield wasn't really there because Keane left mid-season as well, but players like. Alan Smith, Paul Scholes was injured as well. Darren Fletcher was coming into his own as well. So it was a younger team coming through, which was really good for the season afterwards. But yeah. before we go to the season afterwards, what do you remember about Wayne Rooney at the 2006 World Cup? At the 2006 World Cup? Well, I remember him being injured before going to the mm. World Cup against yeah. Chelsea. And whether or not he'd go to the World Cup or not. And then it was sort of like waiting to see if, he was, if he'd make it or not. I think he missed the first game or two didn't he yeah missed the first he still missed the game came on as a no he didn't come on as a sub again no you came on as a sub against trinidad i think but i don't think he played against sweden which is the third game the one one game yeah and then yeah, he I played against not paraguay the ecuador ecuador, ecuador game. game and the then first one david beckham scored that cricket. but he wasn't he didn't really make as big of his name as big of an impact as you'd have hoped because probably the injury was still there it definitely was still there. You could you could sense the player that he was before the World Cup and after the World yeah. Cup as well. And during the World and Cup, then, obviously, that game against Portugal, the game against Ecuador, yeah. he was the one that would normally break down from the front. He'd always press mm. from the front as well, but yeah. he wasn't doing that as well. He was covering the yards, but he wasn't getting to the player. He was getting yeah. there late. And, and then, and then he, it came to the Portugal the game and it was like, I think he was more frustrated that he couldn't, Perform the way he wanted to perform. He couldn't make the runs. He couldn't chase. He couldn't probably tackle. Probably he couldn't get through on goal all the time as well. Get past that defense. Yeah. And then when it came to that moment, it's sort of like he took it all out. Mm. The red mist came down on Wayne Rooney. Yeah, I think that probably is one big, you know, miss. Not miss, but one big image of his England career. That when it came to it, when his, when England needed him most. He lost the plot in a tournament. I, I would say, again, playing that devil's advocate, he shouldn't even have gone to that World Cup, personally. He was literally had a metatarsal injury. He shouldn't and David, have. David Beckham again, had a metatarsal injury the previous World Cup in 2002, and they still took him, and he was still injured. And we lost yeah. that game against Brazil because he backed out of a tackle to Rivaldo as well. Uh, but yeah, again, Rivaldo. it's like but, Rooney, was, Rooney was England's talisman, so they had to take him. And it's, it's strange saying that. Because he was so young at that that, that time, mm. but he was still it was like Dave Beckham. Beckham was England's talisman in two thousand two. That's why he had to go. It's the just, same with Rooney in two thousand six. He was their talisman, so they had to take him because it'd be like, you know, if we play Wayne Rooney, other teams are scared of England. I would most I of the time they were when, when they see Rooney running down on goal or chasing the ball down or going for a tackle for blooded. Mm. Because with me, like I, I still blame it on Sven Goran Eriksson, but I think that's more hindsight than anything. Because he took Theo Walker, a 16-year-old from Southampton, in yeah. the championship. I think he was called like Division One at the time, but the championship yeah. instead of players like Jermaine Defoe or Darren Bent, who were actually performing at the time for England, not for yeah. not really for England, but in their clubs in the Premier League and actually scoring. Club, and that would have been a better option than playing. Uh, then Walcott, we didn't even make an appearance at that World Cup, and it was a stupid decision from Sven Goran Eriksson. So yeah. take them. He didn't play, and he don't think he, he didn't go to he the 2010 play. World Cup. I didn't think he, he didn't go to the 2014 World Cup. Hmm. Yeah, it was just relying on Peter Crouch and Mike Lowen, who was again made of glass. His injury, mm -hmm. injury prone, Mike Lowen was, and we saw that at Euro 2004. But with Wayne Rooney, that's when you're like you you kind of played with two strikers at the World Cup. It wasn't suitable. He was injured mm. most of the time, and that's obviously when the headlines wanted to start making things up about him and Ronaldo for like for Ronaldo winking, winking, winking. But yeah, yeah, that was awful because 
even he, even he said up the devil's wing. Even he said after the game, he was like, "Oh yeah, we're still we're still gonna be fine afterwards and stuff like that." And Fenger and Exxon was trying to protect him, and the media's like, "No, nah, you need him." And then they all went after Ronaldo. They didn't go after Rooney at all. Of course, because they said that Rooney, you need to. What was it? What did he say? You need to protect him, look after him, mm. cherish him. You can't, you can't ruin him. He which was, the English he media was, haven't. He was even then a once in a generation of talent. I don't That's, think we've had an English player like Wayne Rooney. Definitely haven't. And there's so many people that call any really good youngster nowadays generational talents, and we'll see if they actually are the likes of like Phil Foden or Mason Mount, Grealish, Saka, Hudson yeah, Odoi, but Madison as well. For me, and Greenwood. For me, Foden's yeah. probably at the top at the moment, followed by Greenwood and then the rest of them. Maybe Mason mm. Mount, I would say, but generational is when you can see it season after season after season. That's the whole point, not just yeah. having a couple of good games every now and then. And that's something that Wayne Rooney really stamped his authority on in the 2006 Forms. and 2007 year season. Year up. Yeah. That's when him and Ronaldo came into their own. Again, Luis Sahar, but really the signing of Michael Carrick helped him out a lot and the signing of Jason Park the season before as well. Uh, mm. Michael Carrick just literally tying everything together in that midfield Jason Park being another attacking winger who can literally just press from the front which he's really good at he complemented Ray Rooney's game a lot I thought personally when you'd have yeah. Park on one ring Ronaldo on another and Rooney mm. would sometimes drop back to trap back for Ronaldo as well and that's yeah. something that I really liked as well that dynamic of fluid wingers fluid attackers and that's when we got our first league title in 2006 and 2007 and we got to an FA Cup final which we lost against Chelsea yeah. For me, that opening game against Fulham in that 06 07 season really epitomised what our team was about. Winning, what, 5 1 or something opening day. He did really well in the Manchester derby that season as well, where he really scored in the uh, first 10 minutes of the game at Old Trafford. But for yeah. me, of that 2006 2007 season, that was when he kind of established himself as a proper European contender for scoring yeah, goals, it was, basically. It was in the Champions League, which is where you saw him perform. You know, when they played Roma, they beat them 7-1. Mm. Even away, he, he scored. I think he did he score that away goal. Um, I think he did score away in that him, season. Him, he did. him and Ronaldo as well. Because him and Ronaldo was, in that in that seven-one demolition, Alan Smith scored obviously. Carrot scored twice. Ever. Yeah, and even when they lost to AC Milan, it was Rooney that was the main standout player. Mm. He was literally the one in. He scored that last-minute goal against um, AC Milan at Old Trafford and. You and I would imagine the scenes that were there, but watching it at home is incredible because we were so yeah, close yeah. to glory and we hadn't beaten AC Milan from the previous time. Yeah. And even the previous time when, when we saw him play, he was just there like, you, I'm going to take this game by the scruff of the neck and I'm going to score. And he's what scored that last minute goal. I think he scored that other one, the second one as well. I think it was him because Skulls did that chip pass and Rooney just finished it off. They were, at, the, at that time, they were losing. I think it was 2-1 to Milan. Mm. or 2-2 two, two to Milan and Milan would have had a huge advantage they still did they still got through it would have been more to a lot worse for. if Rooney hadn't scored at the end but it was always Wayne Rooney that would drag Man United into games or drag them out of trouble he'd track the ball down he'd chase after he'd make the tackles you know things that players these days they're afraid to do you won't see now a number 10 running back 50 yards to slide in and make a tackle. The only one I can see at the moment, like an English one, is probably Mason Mount. I don't see Madison, Deli yeah, Ali. It's still with the aggression. It. It's still with the aggression that Wayne Rooney had. Oh, no one's got that. No one's got the tenacity of Wayne Rooney at the moment. Nobody has. Nobody does it with the aggression that mm. Rooney used to do. And consistently as well. That's what I like yeah. to just talk about Wayne Rooney: his consistency in the game. Because so many yeah. people. We're not gonna. We're not probably not gonna get onto it just yet. But so many people get onto how he should have scored more. He could have done more for England. He could have done more for Man United. But people forget his England's all-time goal scorer, Man United's yeah. all-time goal scorer is in the top three of Premier League goal scorers. Yeah. I mean, what more can you ask for? The only thing you can ask for is an international trophy because he won the lot with Man United. Of course, he won everything with United, but it was just with England. They didn't really. Well, you couldn't. You can't just put it on Wayne Rooney. To say that it's because we you know he he didn't perform or he didn't help them to a major trophy. I, I would definitely disagree with when people say it's all Wayne Rooney's fault because again they're like oh he didn't perform in the international tournaments but 
You know, Euro 2004 was probably the, the best player there for England. It, it wasn't his fault that they lost, you know, to, who was it, Portugal? Was it Portugal? Portugal on penalties, wasn't it? On penalties, yeah. And Sol Campbell's goal was disallowed. And he got yeah. injured in that game as well. Yeah. And again, 2006, they lost on penalties to Portugal. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, he got sent off. That's all his fault. But, it wasn't yeah, his fault. yeah, they blamed it on the red card, but it wasn't the red card. It was because of the fact that England couldn't win a game on penalties hmm. until, until 2018. Until Colombia. That, yeah. that was a good experience. Rooney was one of those players you you love to hate. If you but weren't United, supporting Wayne Rooney, you'd love to hate him. Yeah, Had but Man United, him, fans, Man United fans loved him because of the effort that he'd put in year after year after year after year. And that's when we kind of saw him into his peak from like 2007 to 2012, I would say, personally. That's kind of when yeah. he became the peak Wayne Rooney striker, not the attacker or the attacking midfielder as the striker. It's yeah. com- combined with Tevez, combined with Sahar, Ronaldo, Berbatov, and with the likes of Hernandez and Welbeck when they were coming through as well. That's kind of yeah. when you saw the 20 goals or 30 goals in a season, man. Yeah. That's when you would see him lift Champions League trophies. You see him win title after title. I think that's when they won three titles in a row, 2007 to 2009 as well. Three yeah. seasons yeah. in a row they won it, which is incredible. Got to yeah. two Champions League finals afterwards, but they lost both to mm-hmm. two probably one of the greatest Barcelona sides ever, maybe one of the best sides ever in club football. And again, Wayne Rooney was there when players would come and go. You'd see the likes of Ronaldo go to Real Madrid, Tevez left us. Um, And again, it wasn't until like Robin van Persie came in when we next won our league title. So even though we skipped a few years, but we skipped until this is when Torax first changed his position a bit, played him a lot deeper than just a second striker, played him more as an attacking midfielder. And that's when he kind of saw Wayne Rooney come into his own and it showed his football intelligence, really. That's when he had a proper impact in the team as a midfielder, not just as a as a striker scoring 30 goals a season like he did previously as well. What would you have preferred to have seen Wayne Rooney play for England in like the 2014 World Cup? Because that's when he was with Wait. David Moyes. Yeah, would you have... Because that's when people were like, oh yeah, he shouldn't be even starting for England. They shouldn't be doing this and that. But he played as an attacking midfielder. I think he played on the left against Italy and Danny Welbert was playing as the number 10. But he's, that was the World Cup when he scored uh, against Uruguay. He's got that tap in against Uruguay to make it 1-1, but we lost 2 mm. eventually. Because my favourite winger position was when he was playing as an attacking midfielder as well. It impacted the game a lot more. He'd get into the box all the time as well. And he but could easily when, when, impact When he was the there game. with, I think, 2008, 2007, when he was playing with Ronaldo, he'd play out on the left, he'd play out on the right. He'd play through the middle sometimes. Mm. But he would, I think he'd have a huge impact when he'd go out wide and come inside. There was that counter-attacking goal as well. well. There's so many of them, but if you remember in the 2009 Champions League build-up, the semi-final we played against Arsenal, the game was over yeah. anyway because he scored the away yeah. goal, but he scored that and counter-attacking goal. scored the counter-attacking goal. When Ronaldo it scored par- it, but he passed, passed it, to, passed par- it par- to Rooney. Rooney ran like half the length of the field and passed it into Ronaldo. And he just finished it off. And then the season yeah. afterwards, he did a replica when we were playing Arsenal in the league as well. So he still had the legs on him. And I remember Thierry Henry saying, I think he was at Barcelona at the time, but it was like he stopped running around like a nutter and he was playing like a mature striker, which we yeah. saw in that period as well, playing as the number nine when Rooney was literally playing with like Valencia on the right, Nani on the left, or Park or whatever, mm-hmm. on the wings. But he could do so much. And that was a really good time for Wayne Rooney as a footballer, but obviously that's when off-the-field problems came into effect around that time. And it wasn't the best, but with Wayne Rooney, he's always got that tunnel vision. He's always got that elite mentality of focusing on football. You'd never see yeah. anything like that. And for me, that was when, you know, when he wanted to leave and then there was like banners and people going outside of his house saying, oh, we don't want you anymore, Wayne Rooney. I'm telling you to stop. leave, yes. Yeah. And then it took him a couple of months. That's kind of when you hit like a down period, a couple of months to get back into the team because Hernandez and Berbatov were doing really well. Nani was doing really well at the time. Mm. Um, Valencia just got injured, so Parchi Sung was playing. Giggs was playing on the left again as well. But yeah. it was it took from like November to around January, February time. He did a really good game against West Brom away. But if Until you remember, he signed in, his new contract, I think it was. 
Yeah, five had City. They had City that came to the afterwards, or two games afterwards. City was in February. He signed the contract in around October, around October, November. But it was I I was leading to that Man City game when again he was having a really bad game. I remember this because you and I saw each other later that evening as well. Like we had Mm. we had like a whole family gathering that day as well, which is why I remember this so much. The fact that Wayne Reed scored one of the most amazing goals in one of his worst performances in a Man United shirt shows how incredible of a talent he is and what a phenomenon he is really. Because a lot of people always forget. You'll see the goal online all the time from Wayne Reed scoring overhead kick against Manchester City. But he literally was just there misplacing passes, getting late tackles, losing the second balls, losing the headers. And that's when he just came in like, like that, like you said. He's angry, he's yeah. tenacious, he wants to get the goal. And that celebration is so iconic for me, that Wayne Rooney celebration in front of the City fans as well. And then he just <laughs> bows. He bows in front of us. Thank you. You blew us all away. Wanting to drag his team back into the game or drag his team into the game. Because Nani scored that really good goal in the first half that everyone forgets. And then Jekko mm. scored to make it 1-1. And then again, this was on our way to our 19th cycle title, but Chelsea were very far behind. But they were closing yeah. up around February, March time. But we were just there, like that was literally one of our inspired moments to complete the title by April or May against. Yeah, I think that was that was probably the moment that said, you know, or that made them believe that they'd go on to win it. And that was our winning, iconic nineteenth title as well. Yeah, so winning a game like that and winning it with the goal that he scored. For me, it was just phenomenal. And again, it goes. You forward, fast forward a couple of months to when he was playing against Blackburn as well, and we were losing one nil at Ewood Park, and mm. we needed a draw to literally become champions. And we get that penalty up his steps, so yeah. scored that penalty. Mm. And that was during one of the better forms of his of of the season for him. He scored against Chelsea away in Stamford Bridge. We hadn't won there in any competition since two thousand and two, two thousand and three. Scoring against yeah. Schalke in the Champions League. He was doing really well in that Champions League build-up as well. He's getting back yeah. to his best form, really, which is really good. But I think, was it that season or the season before when he scored against Bayern Munich and he was playing with an injured... I think he injured his metatarsal in that season Season before. Well. Season before, yeah. yeah. He injured his metatarsal in that season as well and he scored, I think, twice in that game at the Allianz? Was it once? It was once. I think we lost 2-1 that game. But we were playing very badly. And he was playing with, I'm sure it was with a fractured metatarsal he was playing. He got injured at the end of that first leg and then he played in the second leg. Like he yeah. started in the second leg and that's when you had that yeah. amazing start. Darren Gibson scoring, uh, yeah. Valencia Nani scoring as well. And it was just incredible. It's pandemonium. Mm. And even in that season, that's when he scored so many headers and that's one of his best goals. I think he scored season. almost 30 goals that season. Like 34, 35, I think. Something like that. I think that was probably his his best ever scoring season. Mm. When everything was reliant on him to score the goals. And that's why yeah. people get confused up because they always think he's an out-and-out goal scorer, but he's not. He played as a winger, he played as a centre midfielder, attacking midfielder, mm-hmm. second striker, so many different positions. And mm. that's literally why it's probably taken us till Bruno Fernandes to really replace him because Bruno Fernandes has a similar uh, work, has a similar work ethic, similar job to him, basically scoring a goal, assisting. And yeah. This is when I'd like to bring in the factor of Robin Van Persie to Manchester United when he didn't really need to score as many goals because we had that goal scorer up front all the time. So that's kind of when Sir Alex Ferguson would take him out of the team every now and then, rest him a bit, not always play him as a second striker, play Kagawa there or play Giggs there behind Van Persie. That's probably when Wayne really kind of decided that I'm going to be a bit of a midfielder from now on as well. And he was for the rest of that season under Sir Alex for the final season. He was in and out of the team. Yeah, playing next to Michael Carrick as well, because we yeah. weren't really relying on Cleverly and Anderson to kind of be our midfield currently. But mm. that all kind of changed when David Moyes came Paul in scores. as well. Mm. Paul scores came out of retirement. Came out of retirement the season before. And it was what Anderson's goals, Cleverly, Carrick, Fletcher. Fletcher had that illness, so he was in and out of the team as well. But Rooney yeah. still went in there and did the job. And yeah. There was, what, two, three seasons of that before we move on to David... The two, three moments of that before we get on to the David Moyes thing um, in that season that really stand out for me. One was the Etihad, where he scored those two goals. We were 2-0 up in the first half. That was incredible for me because we were just dominating the the champions of of England at the time. 
Mm-hmm. And then the second thing, obviously, was the pass to Robin Van Persie saw that amazing volley at Old Trafford. To seal the title, yeah. To seal the title. Match winning. It was, what, 50, 60 yard pass. I think even Van Persie said it was just a pass where he just had to hit it the first time. And he was like, the goal was nothing with that pass as well. Yeah. And on a personal note, that was when I went to Old Trafford for the first time as a, as a member. So that oh. was quite fun for me. So I got to watch Man United versus West Ham in the FA Cup and he scored as a 1-0 win against yeah. West Ham. And I was really excited to see that as well. Wayne Rooney scored my first Man United member game, which was fun. We'll move on to David Moyes' season. That's when he moved back up to being a striker as well. Mm. But he still scored a lot of goals. He still did quite well. He scored that halfway line goal against West Ham away, which yeah. again, yeah. everyone raves about him scoring what twice or three times from the halfway line, which is really... Uh, Upton Park. Upton Park. He got that new contract as well, so he was becoming the highest played player in the team. And mm. this is kind of when we kind of see the end of the old Wayne Rooney in a way, before he got yeah, to the bank. Or the end of the peak of Wayne Rooney. Mm. It's sort of like, I don't know, I wouldn't say he went downhill, but... He wasn't as tenacious. Because Rooney, Rooney started his career very early as a player. 16 years old. He started at 16 and you went for a very long time before you started to see the end. I think he probably went to, what, 30 years old? Playing at this highest level. 31. Yeah, 30, 31. Before you, before you start to sort of, you know... Go downhill a bit. An ageing way, really. Or mm. one that wasn't... Didn't have the legs that you used to have before. I see that happening with Gareth Bale at the moment now as well. It's not the same Gareth Bale as we all expect him to be, but... It's yeah. kind of not found his position now because it's like not up to fitness, it's not as fast, it's not as scary to face against really, which is what happens to players when they age and they don't keep up with themselves, which is quite sad to see. You always want to remember them in their peak, but they can't. But with me, again, we've... I mean, we forgot we forgot the whole League Cup final against uh, Aston Villa when he won us the title, won us the cup, but we'll breeze over that. He's won so many trophies. I wanted to get into the Robin Van Persie situation when, again, he wasn't really firing in in that uh, David Moyes season. He was injured quite a lot, but he did really well against... I think Van Persie literally was the guy that scored against Olympiacos and his season was more or less over. He got injured in that Champions League side. And then that's when Rooney kind of had to rely on like Danny Welbeck on Kagawa and Hernandez to be his strike partners, but they didn't always do that great until the end of the season. Then David Moyes got sacked got Ryan Giggs in and he's played a bit more fluid football in those last four games for Man United, which yeah. is really fun to see. But yeah. Ryan Giggs since then, we brought in Louis van Gaal. We're going to skip the World Cup in 2014 because, again, didn't really do much of that. But with Louis van Gaal, that's when he brought him back to his, not his best, but again, top form because that's when he had a misfire in Robin van Persie. So he wasn't scoring every single game. He wasn't the Robin yeah. Persie we knew and loved. Falcao yeah, didn't really hit the heights. Falcao. James Wilson was coming through. Danny Welbeck was sold. Di Maria statistically did quite well, but we all know he didn't do as great as he should have done for the quality that he was and how much we paid mm. for him. Yanez I Valencia, they didn't really do that great either. But with Wayne Rooney, that's kind of when we saw Van Hal kind of teach him a bit. And even Rooney said previously, Van Hal was a really good trainer. He's probably one of my favourite coaches because he learned a lot more as, a, as being a striker. And I think that's quite evident in the game against Arsenal. Uh, again, Counter-attacking, Di Maria passes it through to Rooney. Rooney, 87th, 88th minute, finishes it yeah. off to finish it, make it for 2-0. They finished 2-1 the game. But yeah. his finishing just, again, still improved at the age of, what, 29, 30 years old, which is really good. I think the system that Van Gaal brought in as well, the 3-5-2, it kind of suited Wayne Rooney. You didn't have to track back as much. Yeah, but you had the two deep-playing midfielders, then you had Rooney sat in front and the two strikers. Mm. That's what he did against Liverpool because that Liverpool game at Old Trafford, that I just, I'll just remember that game forever. Even though everyone remembers one field from that season, but remember when you beat them 3 0, David here had that yeah. amazing game. But if you remember that yeah. Rooney goal, he started in his own penalty box, passed it to Valencia, and he made his way all the way up the pitch in like 12 seconds, 12, 13 yeah. seconds, I think. And Valencia just passes it back into Wayne Rooney and he just finishes it off from outside the box. And it was incredible. Yeah. It was Rooney, Mata, Van Persie that scored in that game, but it was just fantastic to see how Wayne Rooney was still finishing goals. He was still getting back to his best, and that was really nice to see him flourish. 
with me personally, my favourite highlight of that season was when he went to, uh, if, I don't know if you remember, but there was that boxing incident on the Sunday or the Saturday. Oh, yeah, yeah I, guess, I think it was Tottenham. Was it Tottenham who played? It was against Tottenham. And then everyone was talking about Wayne Rooney before the game on Sunday. And you know what the papers are like. Everyone just went on to it. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Wayne Rooney got knocked out and making fun of him. And then we just lost against Arsenal in the FA Cup. So we got knocked out by a Danny Welbeck winner earlier yeah. that week. And then, again, this is a game that I went to, so I was really happy to go to this game. Carrick mm-hmm. scored, then Fellaini scored, and then guess who popped up in the middle of the pitch? Took on Eric Dyer. He nutmegged him as well. And then finished yeah. in the bottom corner past Hugo Lloris. It was Wayne Rooney. Wayne yeah. Rooney did that, and he did the whole boxing celebration. That was and the iconic celebration afterwards. Oh, my God. That was so much fun to see that and to see Wayne Rooney because that was that was vintage Wayne Rooney proving everyone wrong, just like we said at the beginning of the episode, proving everyone wrong, getting angry at people and mm. taking that out on the football pitch, doing what he does best. And that's what I love about Wayne Rooney, the fact that he could keep everything separate from his work, his personal life and just did everything on the football pitch. Amazing to see. Now we move on, on to his time at Jose Mourinho's Manchester United where he wasn't in the team as much he wasn't in involved as much I think that I think when Mourinho came it sort of signaled the beginning of the end mm. for Wayne Rooney because Mourinho said immediately Wayne Rooney's a striker in my team he's not a midfielder he never played him yeah. in midfield he either played him when Zlatan was out or yeah. as like a second striker but because you can't yeah. Zlatan it was like 35, 36 at the time. You didn't want to play the aging striker with another aging striker. You needed a bit of pace, a bit of fluidity, mm. which annoyingly Rudy didn't provide as well as other players like Mata or Mkhitaryan in that time or Pogba when he was playing as well. Yeah. And that's kind of how uh, Jose Mourinho saw it. But it was yeah. still, you could still see his impact in that season. I mean, we went to that game against Hull because we thought he was going to score the record-breaking goal against Hull yeah. in the League Cup, but he didn't. Yeah. They saved it, which was yeah. annoying. But he left, didn't you leave him out of that team when they played against Hull? No, he started. It was Latan they left out. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was you're, you're annoyed. You're like, I can't see Latan, but it's not even here. <laughs> oh, man. Sad times. But now, really had a good couple of chances in that whole game, but I'm glad he didn't score in a way because he saved it for Stoke away, last minute free yeah. kick. The free not kick to draw the game. His celebration epitomizes who he was. Everyone was celebrating. I remember Herrera going to him. Everyone's like, just get the ball, come back, we need to win this game. Yeah, he wanted, He was one that just always wanted to, you know, he wasn't, I don't think he was one for the celebrations or, apart from, you know, there were a few, but most yeah. of the time it was more about winning the game. About the team. Yeah, winning the game. He never wanted to, you know, say faff around, you know, in celebrations and whatnot. Mm. There was a Lingard or a old school or an Antonio. Old school footballers get your head down, run all game long. You try your best. I think that's what made him special to me. The fact that he's someone that you could look up to as a footballer and you could try and copy as a footballer when you're watching. Not because of his technique or because of his ability, because of his mind state and his mentality. The fact that whenever you're playing, you always want to do the best for yourself and you want to make sure you're not letting anyone down. And Mm. we saw that whenever he came to play on that Jose Mourinho team as well. In the Europa League, he played quite a few games. The League Cup, he had a couple of games as well before the final. Where again, he was on yeah. the bench. Europa League, he was on the bench. But in the big games, he was kind of not there anymore. And that was quite sad to see. That's, coming that's on like thing, 10 yeah. minutes to go against yeah. Liverpool. He wasn't starting against Chelsea as much as we yeah. wanted him to. And The League Cup final, he was going to come on for the, what, the last five minutes. But then and he, didn't. he was cancelled. Mm. The Europa League final was the same game on what against I think you, what they did Mourinho did is played him in the Premier League because he knew we were going to finish fifth or sixth against the teams yeah. like Arsenal against Tottenham that yeah. we ended up losing his last goal was against Tottenham at, at White Hart Lane but that's kind of when he had to he kind of knew he had to move on he wasn't playing in the biggest games he wasn't having the impact he wanted or what he once had and or he wasn't having the minutes that he wanted to have as well definitely wasn't having the minutes he wanted to and that's kind of when he had to signal to kind of leave Jose Mourinho's Man United and that's when he went through all the different managers and yeah. even Mourinho said I wish he, I wish I had him five ten years ago he would have been unplayable and you kind of, of see course. it with like Harry Kane at the moment he's unplayable at the moment when he's yeah. under James Mourinho but Wayne Rooney 
the career he's had has given us so many memories. Do you yeah. want to just tell us your top three memories, if you can pick any, about Wayne Rooney? My top three memories? Probably that one goal against Newcastle. Mm. And then trying to remember, trying to go through more in my head. My favourite memory will obviously be, not obviously, but my, my favourite moment to me will be when he scored that goal against Spurs. Because it's something that's personal to me, the fact that he just shut out all the noise. He came onto the pitch, he did his job, went home, couldn't care less. Yeah, yeah. That but was there was also there was also big moments that he'd score goals as well. Like the AC Milan huge. one in the Champions League, that last minute, I'll remember that forever as well. That last yeah. minute goal against Dida against one of the prime AC Milan teams of history. But then you'd always you'd also always forget that the goals that Ronaldo used to score, it'd be Rooney that do the hard work. And Ronaldo used to get the glory because of the work that you, Rooney used to put in. Even players like, like Berbatov, Van Persie, there was the game that we were well. losing. There was a game we were losing 3-1 against Tottenham at Old Trafford. And Ronaldo and Rooney, kept, you know, they got United back into the game and they won the game. Was it 5-2 five, five, or 5-3, five, something like that? Yeah, we were losing 2-0 at half-time, I remember now. Modric scored yeah. and someone else scored. Yeah. I think it's Darren Bent. And, and most then... of those goals all came through Rooney. Tracking back, running, making mm. all the hard runs. The passes to Ronaldo to Berbatov. One one memory that doesn't get into mind for a lot of people is the League Cup final against Aston Villa, when Michael Owen scored, Milner scored the penalty before, but Rooney came on at half time. So Alex Ferguson was like, "We kind of we don't really need to play him because he played the Champions League game earlier." Mm. And he came on at half time, completely changed the game, and he scored that header for us as well. Extraordinary, and it was something that people at Wembley will probably remember because it was just pure pandemonium for Man United fans. And I remember him against Crystal Palace in the FA Cup final as well. He didn't score, but when Jason Punchton scored, Wayne Rooney came into his own again. He was taking on plays. He was beating them one-on-one. I remember he ended up passing it down to the right wing. He crossed it in for Fellaini, who chested down for Mata. Just a commentary there. But you know what I mean. It was basically just there. like He was running the show again. It was Wayne Rooney doing it to get his team back into the game. Yeah. And he didn't get the headlines that day, but he was definitely man of the match. I remember him getting man of the match that game because it was extraordinary how he brought his team back from the dead against the team yeah. we should have really finished off early that, that game, but we didn't. But yeah. it's, it's like you said, it's not always going to be about the goals, it's about his assists, about what he's done. And um, even I in the that's... FA Cup semi-final, he, he saved us from that Lukaku open goal, if you remember. He cleared yeah. it. Like yeah. mid-air, he cleared it from El Lukaku scoring a finish, a final goal. I think that's what a lot of players these days they miss is the unselfish attitude, the selflessness, mm. and the unselfish, you know, attitude to playing. They all, all everyone that plays now, they just want the glory for themselves. They all want to stat pad themselves. They all want to get exactly. the highest goals and assists. And it's like, oh, I scored the goal, or I got the assist. Yeah, they won't. They won't put in the hard work. I think that's what Man United probably missed for a long time. Yeah. After Rooney left. Definitely after Rooney left. And with Bruno Fernandes in now as well. This is probably the closest yeah, thing we'll with, have as a replacement to Wayne With Rooney. Bruno, you see it at times. You know, that he tracks back. He'll go in to make the tackle. He'll get in people's faces. He'll high press. He'll make that killer pass or take an outrageous shot from anywhere. I don't see that much of other players in the Premier League or in in Europe at the moment. Yeah, you but. don't. Yeah, I think with English players, you don't see it all. You know, there's no one player that will show that. You know, for Foden's more skill and the flair. Anything is no probably it's probably Grealish, I would say. Being a captain yeah. of Aston Villa, yeah. he does really yeah. well at that. And that's, that's why I think Aston Villa are pricing him really high because it's not just the goals and assist uh, attacking yeah. midfielder. He's a captain, he's a leader and he's someone yeah. that like on our podcast, we've got Salim, who's an Aston Villa fan, who raves about him every week. But you can see why, because he's actually a really good player to watch and is mm. a really good role model of a footballer to watch. And again, you don't see many players following that kind of ilk of Wayne Rooney, just playing as a street yeah. footballer, playing as... No one with that aggressive nature, you know? No one's as tenacious, even, really. He didn't even look like your, you know, um, typical footballer. He's like an old man that used to, you know... He's just someone that you you know what is not going to be that good in a couple of years, but he just kept proving everyone wrong all the time. I can't wait until we kind of see a bit more from Wayne Rooney in terms of our management 
position. Mm. He's doing well at Derby at the moment, getting them out of relegation, but who knows? But I think what's once happen. he left, once he left United, it was like you'd see glimpses of, of the old Wayne Rooney, but you wouldn't see the old Wayne Rooney. I don't mm. think we ever saw that old Wayne Rooney ever again. It was just brief glimpses. The brief it glimpses include probably what, a that? few games for Everton. The halfway line the goal. Yeah, the hat trick, and then when he was in the states playing for Washington. He it was that amazing last-minute one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he chased back the ball right past the halfway line, got the ball, made the pass. He crossed the ball in from, what, 40, 50 yards out. They scored and he carried on. You know, he didn't even go and celebrate. He just there at the halfway line, yeah. That's what yeah. I expect. It's like Ancelotti yeah. with his cup of tea, basically. It was cool. Yeah, exactly. Cool as a cucumber. Like, it is what it is, you know. And you saw that again with him at Derby, just still scoring free kicks, still dictating play in the midfield because he could do that. Yeah. He had the experience to do that. And that's yeah. something that I wish people could appreciate even now. And that's why I thought, you know, let's do this podcast on Wayne because a lot of people yeah. were still, a lot of people for me, they didn't appreciate him when he was around. And we've said this so many times on our podcast and we've said it you and I personally as well. People don't appreciate them until they retire or until yeah. they're dead, unfortunately. Yeah. But, but I think that he wasn't, held in the highest regard like you know Messi or Ronaldo because I don't know he was what selfless was for me he was what selfless was it that, what was it that didn't why people didn't hire him put him in the you know the top bracket like a Ronaldo or Messi it was the numbers was as, as everyone goes about numbers but yeah. the fact that he did so much for the team he was a top goal scorer in Man United yeah. whilst playing as a winger as an attacking yeah. midfielder as a centre mid that's yeah. to me is extraordinary. Everyone thinks, oh yeah, Aguero is going to overtake him in the Premier League charts. He probably will. Personally, yeah. I think he might he may end up doing that if he stays for another two, three years. But with yeah. Wayne Rooney, he literally played as a centre forward for what two, three years, two, three seasons. The rest is playing yeah. as like a attacking midfielder as a winger in yeah. all different positions to make the team up. And he wouldn't yeah. say, No, Gaff, I'm not going to play right winger. No, Gaff, yeah. I'm not going to play centre mid because he wanted to play. And he had that football intelligence, he could play anywhere on the pitch. And of that's course. what I loved about Wayne Rooney. And that's what Man United fans would love and appreciate about Wayne Rooney. And yeah. that's what made him great to me. That's what made him special. I think he, he wasn't, in football, he wasn't held in the highest regard. Like, you know, your Ronaldo's, your Messi's, who else was there at that time? Uh, Messi, yeah. Xavi and Iesta in there as well around the same bracket. Yeah, but I think Rooney was probably one of the, the best players in the Premier League at that time. And he said recently as well, he was like, if I, w- if I wasn't leaving Man United, I would have loved to have gone to Barcelona into that Pep Guardiola team. See how I think he would have played in there. I think he would have got into that team easily. He would have easily have gone in with like David Villa, Messi, Pedro, yeah. Xavi, Iniesta, Busquets, because he yeah. knew he wouldn't have to do the running in that team because no one needs yeah. to really do that much against Barcelona because they just, with the high press, they did everything for him. And yeah. him and Messi would have unleashed an unleashable partnership. He was kind of the ugly footballer that nobody wanted to, you know. Yeah. If Wayne Rooney was a foreign talent, everyone would have loved him, personally. Yeah, he wasn't pretty, like, you know, a pretty footballer, like Ronaldo's or Messi's or... He wasn't someone easy. ...at the top at that time. He would score amazing goals. He scored pretty amazing goals. Amazing passes. But no one really saw him as... Screamers from outside the box, screamers from a long way out, halfway line, overhead kicks. kicks. Free kicks, penalties Free kicks. became good at, yeah. tap-ins, left-footed shots. So many times he would end up doing so much for us. And it's just, again, how do you replace someone like that? How do you end up doing something for I don't what, think 10, 15 years? Replace. I don't think they ever did replace someone like me. You can't. You have to find an alternative. You have to find someone that can do just as good. I think that's with Bruno Fernandes, just as good. He's got the effect on the players, but we'll yeah. see if he does it season after season after season. I'm just going to read some of his stats out just so everyone can actually listen. Let's read some out. So again, 53 goals for the England national team, 120 goals, uh, 120 caps for England. So a record for an outfield player, record goal scorer for England. Scored 208 goals in the Premier League. So behind Alan Schur and Andy Cole. So Alan Schur got 260. 12 major honours of Man United, including the Champions League, a FIFA Club World Cup. And what, five Premier Leagues? Yeah, five Premier Leagues. Yeah. And 366 career goals in 883 games. Numbers speak for itself. But because Messi and Ronaldo were around, 
everyone just forgot about other players at the time in terms of goals. Yeah. Like players like yeah. Benzema, Lewandowski, they've done really well over the years. They've scored yeah. a lot of goals. Henri did really well and Etu did really well. But you will never remember right. because we were in the Messi Ronaldo era and he could have, he could have been victimized. Yeah. We had two players of the caliber of Messi and Ronaldo that everyone forgot the other players that were around. And there was that season where Ronaldo scored 30 goals, but like 42 goals in a season, 30 goals in the Premier League. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, we're not going to get anything like that. Yeah. The numbers that Ronaldo got at Man United over those seasons, I don't think that would be impossible if Rooney wasn't there. He wouldn't have scored half the goals that he scored if Rooney wasn't there. And even the season afterwards, he scored like 18, 19 Premier League goals that season. And he ended up leaving for Real Madrid afterwards, which was insane. But that's kind of how I see it for Man United. Like he's been such a great servant for England and Man United, and has done so much in terms of from a fan's perspective. Anyway, it's just nice to be able to kind of look back on his career and to learn about him a bit more in terms of who he was as a player. The Man United podcast was really good when he had when he came on for an interview. He's saying about how he would he wouldn't care where he'd play. He just wanted to be in the team. Sometimes the rights would take him out, but he'd be really angry. And the fact that he got motivated when so Alex Ferguson would be like telling him off for something that rather Nani or Valencia's done wrong. So he'd be fired up even more. You see him in the second half being a bit more motivated. And Sir Alex Ferguson could do that to him. Van Hal could do that to him because they knew how to stimulate Wayne Rooney. And we got the best of him, which yeah, is really yeah. nice to see. Of course. I think we'll end it there. I think it's quite nice to go through his career at Man United mostly and his career in England. But it's quite sad now for thinking about it. His, his career has <laughs> gone through our lives just like that because. It's nice to be able to talk about him because we saw his career from beginning to end and we were just there like, mm-hmm. he's done so much for us over the years. So it's yeah, just really nice to go through properly. Week in, week out. And by the time this podcast will be out, I know for a fact that I thought of like six, seven different favourite memories. Like him scoring against Manchester City over head kick, obviously, the Newcastle goal, all of his goals against Aston Villa and Arsenal. Always love scoring mm-hmm. against Aston Villa and Arsenal, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's so much to go through. Well, but there were also big goals in the Champions League as well that he'd score. AC Milan, time and time again. Um, Roma, yeah. obviously. Lyon did really well. Chelsea, Marseille, Schalke. Schalke. I'm off the top of my head. Leverkusen did all right against them. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, fun times with Wayne Rooney as a Manchester United player. Thank you very much, mm-hmm. everyone, for listening. And we'll speak to you soon. Take care.